0: Hello, everyone. Erica here with another episode of Unapologetic Season 2. Today, I'm here with such a positive and passionate individual, Annette Smith. With a vast work and educational experience, as well as an inspiring story, Annette is a former corporate hustler turned into an entrepreneur and wellness advocate. Welcome, Annette. Thanks for being on the show. How are you doing Thank today? You.
1: Thank you. so much for having me. I'm great, Erica. Thank you so much. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great it's been a fun day and now we're here so you know it's only getting better (laughs) all right so um in order for our audience to get to know you a little bit better why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself what you do uh just give us a little brief overview
1: yeah sounds great so I'm Annette the founder and maker behind Lip Service Beauty um I have an educational background in marketing, visual merchandising, and culinary. I'm also a certified aromatherapist, um, and I have 20 plus retail or 20 plus years in corporate retail. Um, so that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. Professionally, uh, personally, when I'm not working, you can find me on my yoga mat, my stand-up paddleboard, or snuggling my dog.
0: That sounds like a fun life to me. <laughs> you would really enjoy your downtime, clearly. Um, So let's just jump right into the nitty-gritty details, which I heard on a podcast, grit is actually one of your favorite words, so this is pretty um, fitting. But yeah, so you had a pretty traumatic experience that kind of inspired lip service beauty for you, um, and that kind of caused a big 180-degree flip on your life. So would you like to open up about this and share this with our audience?
1: Absolutely. Um, so a few years back, I endured a grand mal seizure and it was caused by extreme stress and exhaustion. Um, and it really made me evaluate what was going on in my life. And um, I basically overhauled every aspect of my life. So I started out with like physical components, of course, what I was eating, um, you know, my physical activity, things like that. And it started uh, blending over into you know, who, who was I spending my time with? What did my job look like? And it even inspired me to move away from very busy Toronto to small little groups be here in Niagara. So, um, you know, I heard a saying once that you're the average of the top five people you spend the most time with. And that's really stuck with me throughout this wellness journey of mine because I believe so deeply that um, who you surround yourself with is a huge piece of who you are too.
0: I totally agree with that. I think that's a huge factor and and we don't even realize that it. it's very like a subconscious thing. But it's true. The more you surround yourself with people who help de-stress, make sure you're happy, you're not overworked. It's a really important part of, uh, you know, having a good work life balance and having happiness and stress free in your life. Um, so, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, and did you realize you were in, like enduring such stress before you had your grand male seizure or was it kind of just like over your head you didn't even notice?
1: Uh, of course not I was in a very whirlwindy um state at that point um I had a job where I was traveling a lot so I was all over Canada I was maybe home for like one week out of a month like honestly um yeah I wasn't eating right just grabbing whatever was on the go um you know I had a really bad relationship at the time, um, with my partner and, you know, just some, some not so great friendships, um, some messy things with my family. Like everything was just kind of messy and whirlwindy. Um, and of course I lived in Toronto, which adds to that, um, messiness and whirlwindiness.
0: Yeah, of course. (laughs) And, um, did you, like how was you how did you take your first step into like creating this change because it's interesting you say that travel kind of wasn't for you and a lot of people um, especially nowadays are very like I want to travel I want to see the world and you you had that experience but now you're kind of settling down have a more um, you know local and just kind of calm life and how it was that your first step moving to Grimsby do you feel like that was your important decision?
1: no my first step in my wellness overhaul was definitely like the food and nutrition aspect because i knew i wasn't eating right yeah. um at the time of my seizure i weighed 90 like ninety ninety five 95 pounds
0: wow. um
1: and i'm five six so oh, like wow. that's not awesome yeah of course <laughs> um, of course so that was like the most glaringly obvious thing that i needed to address and fix and and that's what i started with of course and i think it was like a gradual chip away. Like I gradually started chipping away at my wellness and realizing like, Oh, well that needs some attention too. Like, Oh, I've got my own nutrition down. Now I'm going to work on my fitness. Oh, I've got that figured out. Oh, now I'm going to go talk to a therapist and get my mind right. Oh, well now I have some pretty obvious people in my life that aren't working. Um, so I would say the moving to Grimsby piece was like at the end of that like overhaul
0: okay that's interesting yeah. because personally yeah. like in my own experience for some reason like a change of environment really helps me I find if I like get to switch up my environments like even going to Brock because I live in the like GTA I live in Mississauga so when I went to mm-hmm. Brock that was kind of like you know this is a new start for me i want to you know focus on my my school i want to take time off from work because i was constantly working throughout high school so it's like i want to take time off from work kind of focus on my studies myself my passions um so that's kind of interesting that you kind of noticed those things that you wanted to work on first and then kind of switched up your environment i find that really interesting well um, and
1: i think the other thing i'll say too is that um my job um uh, I actually had to learn that lesson the hard way a couple of times. Like I thought just by changing my job and working for a different company would satisfy that, um, issue. Yeah. And it, and it didn't. And I learned that lesson like t- two more times the hard way after I had left that role where I was doing all the excess travel, um, which hilariously enough, the following two jobs also involves, a lot of excess travel and I'll also say this um I don't dislike travel now it just looks very different for me of course I think when you're working and traveling you don't get an opportunity to actually enjoy and savor the places that you're seeing and your experiences that you're having whereas now I can travel and actually like
0: take a minute and enjoy it yeah that's more your leisure time now that's kind of when you get to relax and unwind yeah exactly that's really good and so Lip Service Beauty, did that happen when you first moved to Grimsby or was it something you were already working on?
1: No. So when I first moved to Grimsby, um, I had changed roles into my final, my final corporate job that I had, um, which was for a, a wellness company that makes... Um, completely all natural products Mm -hmm. and that's when I first started getting exposed to natural products and became very curious and interested and um, switched out all of my products that I use on myself my home cleaners everything to all natural or as mostly natural as I can and I became really frustrated with not being able to find cosmetics that were natural I mean there's definitely more now but back then there really wasn't um, so I started making my own and I started just giving it away to friends and family as gifts. Um, really didn't think about making it into a business whatsoever. Yeah. Until I had a couple of friends who were like, uh, girl, you could totally be selling these like this is awesome. And so one night in the garage with one of my best friends, that's where all the magic happens <laughs> in a garage. We were like, let's throw up an Etsy shop. See what happens. Yeah, of course. And and that's honestly how it all started. And for the first six months of me being in business I didn't even have a website. I was just solely on Etsy. Mm-hmm. And then
0: after that, that's when you kind of created your business plan and, you know, just really everything got the ball rolling. It's all about that first step half the time.
1: Well, you say business plan. (laughs) I'm a very, I'm a very fly by the seat of my pants kind of gal. There was no official business plan. I think there were some scribbles on a napkin and maybe a vision board somewhere, but like there's never, (laughs) I know that's not the the typical answer, but there was really no. Um, I just kind of went for it and kept going for it. There was there was no plan initially at all, really.
0: <laughs> well, there's really no right or wrong way, and you know I think it's just interesting yeah. that your company grew with you, and I think that that's the important part, and that's what makes it so so special. And yeah, so you had a lot of other passions as well, like you're into food, nutritional food, yoga, fitness, paddleboarding. Mm-hmm. What made you choose beauty did you feel like there was a need in the beauty industry and like is that why you specifically chose it
1: yeah I mean I've always been it's, it's into wellness and all that stuff that I am I've always been pretty passionate about beauty products my mom was um she loves makeup and loves skincare um so she got me on the bandwagon at a pretty young age so I've always been like I'm, I'm a bit of a product hoarder I have a lot of beauty products and skincare and I've always really loved had been fascinated with beauty Um, and you know I've worked for two two pretty big um, beauty and wellness brands Body Shop Canada and Sage Natural Wellness so um, you know I've I've had over seven years experience in the beauty industry and yeah I just saw a need for um, more clean and more um, authentic and products with integrity and um, looking at ethics and, um, and being more natural and local, locally sourced.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And your inspiration for all your different products, does that kind of just come to you? Uh, like what is your inspiration behind everything that is lip service, a lip service beauty? Well,
1: initially when I launched lip service beauty, my intention was to just make products for lips. Um, I was really inspired by Sarah Hap. Um, she makes amazing lip glosses and scrubs, and I like I just loved her brand and thought that what she what she was up to was really cool. Um, so she was a big inspiration for me. Um and I also really love the brand Sugar. Um I loved how creamy their lip balms and lip glosses were, and I wanted to create something similar to that because I prefer a softer, creamier lip balm um and oh poo what did you ask me just like the inspiration
0: the inspiration by all behind all your products just how do you you know keep being creative mm. where do you find that source of inspiration
1: so, so initially I wanted to just create lip products like that was the initial intention and then I just saw a need for other products and i saw hunger and like people wanting more vegan more plant-based products so truthfully a lot of the products that i've created up until this point are products that i wanted yeah that i couldn't find Mm um and now it's more, more i'm listening to my audience and trying to give them what they want as well
0: yeah Well of course that's really important is having that relationship with your audience and I feel like especially being a local company you must have so many like important relationships with your consumers and even potentially mentors. Do you have any mentors or any supporters that have supported you throughout your journey with your company?
1: Mm, yeah, one, one local person comes to mind, and that would be Debbie from Moya Shea Butter. She um, is one of our raw ingredient suppliers, so we actually use her shea butter in our lip scrubs. Um, we'll be using her shea butter in a new product that we're launching that I can't tell you about. <laughs> and um, we use all of her essential oils in our products as well. Her essential oils are certified organic, Leaping Bunny certified, and community fair trade. Um, So we love that she's local, a female-found business, Um, and she's been an an incredible uh, mentor to me. Um, We pick each other's, we were actually just on the phone this morning, Uh, we pick each other's brains all the time and um, talk biz together, and she's become like a really good friend. So I, I deeply appreciate our working relationship. Yeah,
0: it's really good to have that community and that support system for sure. And kind Mm -hmm. of, this is just gonna switch gears a little bit, but going back to your work experience and your educational experience, is there any ways that you feel your previous retail jobs or your like culinary experience, um, like your educational experience, are there ways that those have actually helped you launch your business?
1: Absolutely, Um, so it's like a two-pronged answer. Definitely the education piece and then the work experience. So I'll, I'll speak to education first. Um, I was just explaining to you, Erica, before we started recording yeah. that the culinary was actually a happy accident. Um, I started taking cooking classes because i wanted wanted to learn more about nutrition and um, I just love cooking and uh, just took a bunch of random elective courses and uh, I had a prof come up to me and say, "Hey, you know if you just take these two courses you 'll have your culinary so so did that and never had an intention of um, using it in a professional way in any any way. Um, but when I started making formulas for my products, it is like creating a recipe a little bit. And so those skills have really come in handy um, in, in order for me to make my products. Um, obviously, my marketing education has been a huge help in um, me building my social media presence, um, having the knowledge to build my own website and things like that. Um, my professional experience, I think one of the biggest things that I took away from my my professional experience was my leadership. And I know that sounds funny because I'm like a one woman show, but, um, you need to lead yourself. It takes a lot as an entrepreneur to, um, push yourself sometimes because there's things that are going to come up that you don't want to do it or it's so easy when you work from home to like well i'm just gonna sleep in or, or i'll take a break sure but then you're not going to get the things mm-hmm. done that you need to get yeah, done so i think like being able to lead yourself and push yourself when things are tough and hard is is not an easy thing to do and i think all of the leadership experience that i had in the past in my professional life has brought me to this point and helped and helped me greatly in that way
0: well, that's, yeah. that's actually a really interesting way of looking at it. And I was actually going to ask, um, like, what's your favorite part of being an entrepreneur? Because some people say that being your own boss is their favorite part. So was that kind of your favorite, but also kind of challenging part? Like, was it kind of two handed?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say leading, leading myself is not an unfavorite job of mine. Uh, I think it comes pretty naturally to me now because I've had all that experience. Um, but I would say ultimately my most favorite thing about being an entrepreneur is the freedom. And, and, Let me unpack that a little bit because it doesn't just mean freedom from like a corporate job or whatever. It also is the freedom to choose and make your own decisions. Um, I don't have to ask permission from somebody and wait, you know, five weeks to to launch something. If I want to launch something tomorrow, I could. Um, You have the freedom to decide how you choose your your time. You have the freedom to choose who you decide to work with. Um, So that to me is like the most
0: awesome thing about being an entrepreneur and I really want to go into marketing and that's kind of been my goal for the past few years but I feel like this past year and especially since I have started web and I've I've you know seen so many amazing female entrepreneurs the more and more I want to go into it myself for that exact reason is yeah you have to be able to lead yourself but there's just so much freedom it's like you said if I want to launch something tomorrow you can And I think that's the fun part. And it's like you can have as much change or as much stability as you want because your business is kind of just like a segment of you. I find that really cool. And that's ever since like I've, you know, started seeing like more female role models in entrepreneurship, it's Mm -hmm. really inspired me. So that's just like a side note. But, um, you know, and also lip service beauty, it became your full time focus pretty quickly because you, uh, you stopped working in retail. I believe it was about 2019 and then you had launched lip service beauty in 2018 so it was only a side hustle for about a year like you grew so much so quickly
1: yeah um I want to circle back because you started um saying talking about marketing and marketing is a really important aspect of being especially if you want an online presence you have like an online store or whatever yeah um I think I often see uh, entrepreneurs or makers or artisans in my world who are terrified of social media. Yeah. And my message to you is like, get over it. Yeah. Social media can be so much fun if you let it, um, you know, TikTok, like doing Insta stories, like they're, <laughs> they're really fun if you let them.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: and they're, and they're brilliant. They work, um, because it infuses you into your brand and, um, You know people will buy your products because they want your products but they also buy it because they want a piece of you like um there's a really great book by Simon Sinek called why uh start with why okay and and he talks about this and um I think it's really important that you know especially like a brand a brand like ours where integrity is really important and being ethical is really important it's important for us to infuse that heartbeat into what we do
0: yeah. So yeah. I'm definitely going to pick up that book. That sounds very interesting. Um That's a good one. And so your business, would you consider that your success in your life or would you consider that happiness? I just I'm curious to see how you define success and what your your success story if you were to share it what that consists of.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, if you had to ask me this question, maybe 10 and 15 years ago, I would have said that the business is my success. Mm -hmm. I've always been the kind of person that throws myself into my work very passionately. Um, but what I can say now is that I feel like my business and my personal life are one. I feel like that. I'm not working to live and living to work. Like I, it's all encompassing. It never feels like I'm working because it's something that I would do in my life anyways. Yeah. Um, and that's why um I'm also really passionate about talking about the wellness components within my business. So quite often, if you follow lip service beauty on Instagram, you'll see on my Instagram stories, I often talk about, um, you know, my workouts or going to the gym or, uh, meditation or, you know, getting IV vitamin drips or whatever wild thing I'm onto next, because I, it, it's hand in hand. It goes hand in hand in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Is there a time yeah. where you feel like you need to detach? Like, do you ever feel like, um, sometimes the work can be too much and you need to kind of unplug yourself for a little bit?
1: absolutely um and that's where you, you know I'll take a vacation or I very uh consciously will take a day off and by a day off I mean I literally will take my phone and put it in a drawer and not look at it for the whole day yeah um if that's what I need to do or shut off all my notifications or you know i th- there's a lot of different things that I do to just you know spend time with my family or yeah. be outside in nature um and focus on me and not the business but there's but there's other times I focus on the business and you know that, of course that's good too yeah
0: and I feel like during quarantine I know things are going a little bit back to normal but you know a lot of people were working from home and I feel like that was a new experience for them and I think that was and and like what I think that might've been their hardest part is to be able to detach themselves from the work. Cause you know, a lot of people were used to going to the office coming back and then that was kind of their way of detaching from their work. But this is kind of your full-time thing. You're, you mostly work from home, you have this in-home mm-hmm. office. So I think that was definitely a struggle that a lot of people had, but were there any changes that you actually experienced in your business due to COVID?
1: Um, there definitely was because obviously we do a lot of in person events. Um, you know, like one of a kind show, uh, handmade market, things like that. Um, so not being able to do those shows was definitely a little bit of a bummer because I love talking to people and my visual merchandising background. I love doing the setups. Yes, of course. Um, so you know, we had to transition to a one hundred percent online business. Um wasn't really a big transition. We already obviously have a website and Etsy. So we had a great online presence. So it was a super easy transition. Um, But yeah, I do work from home. And that's why I am so passionate about self care. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it's incredibly important when you work from home that you need, need to have those minutes you can carve out for yourself to fill up your own cup first, because if you don't do that, you're not able to give to others. Yeah. It's like that analogy of the oxygen mask on the airplane. Like you have to put your own oxygen mask on first before you can help someone else. Otherwise you're not going to be able to breathe and you're going to yeah. be dead. Exactly. So yeah, I have a pretty regimented, uh, morning routine and I'm very very passionate about making sure that all those self-care elements are in place and I also want to say that self-care is a phrase that's thrown around and I think sometimes people look at self-care as something that is wildly unattainable like it's When I hear people talk about self-care, it's like, oh, it's like a a candlelit bath, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not necessarily a candlelit bath. Like it might be a walk outside for five to 10 minutes so you get fresh air and vitamin D. It might be um, actually carving out time and eating your lunch and not working and enjoying the food that you're putting in your body and making the time to actually make something nutritious and good for you rather than grabbing junk from the cupboard. So self-care can look very different and be as big or as small as you want it to be but at the end of the day all it is is filling up your own cup first so you can give really well to others
0: yeah I think that's really important and you know you already kind of talked about what your personal self-care and your self-wellness is for you and how do you suggest that um you know are youth watching like how do you suggest they find that for them like did you struggle when you were younger maybe throughout post-secondary school did you struggle to find out what that that secret sauce was for you oh god yeah
1: I mean before before I had the seizure there were there was no self-care in my life I like at all yeah um so for anybody that's listening that's curious about you know tapping into that I think it's all trial and error like you've got to really find what works for you there's so many health and wellness books and blogs and Instagram accounts out there that are going to tell you to do a myriad of things and it's it's like you know try it and if it works for you great and if it doesn't then find something that does work for you there's no one size fits all for wellness
0: 100 percent do you feel like um There was anything you would have changed about what you were doing before, like where you didn't really have that self-care in your life, or do you feel like you kind of needed that in order to have that that wow moment and that big realization of I need serious change in my life?
1: Uh both.
0: Yeah. Of (laughs) course.
1: I feel like everything happens for a reason so no regrets yeah um but if I could rewind the hands of time I think one thing I would have definitely had a better handle on in my younger days in my 20s would have been a better handle on my finances Mm um (laughs) I was not the best saver in the world back then and I wish I was because I'd be in a better position now but um but you know, you you only live once. Yeah, exactly, you, can't you only just live put once. Your money with you, so YOLO.
0: Yeah, but I feel like it's a common um I feel like it's a common concept that like a lot of people when they're in their like their young 20s, they don't really focus on their finance. And I'm honestly glad that there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there or just any role models out there really communicating the fact to us our young individuals to make sure that we focus on it and you know, start saving sooner just not waste it, <laughs> not waste it in a yeah. crazy way especially going All into
1: entrepreneurship. Is this real estate is insane right now people like if you're mm. listening start saving those pennies or you'll never have a house I like know. oh my goodness
0: there's <laughs> a house near my area that like I live in like a decent like you know like middle class area but like nothing crazy and there's a house selling for like almost a million dollars and I'm like yeah like that's crazy it's not even like a mansion it's like just a small like i don't even know what they're called but you know those houses that like split in the middle and like are detached or attached to like other houses i don't know what they're called oh like uh like row housing or duplex kind of thing sort of i'm not really too sure but basically yeah it's selling for so much and i'm like that's crazy so yes, everyone, listen, well, think save about your Toronto. money. Think about Toronto.
1: Like the housing prices there are, are crazy. And yeah. some of the houses are like
0: old fixer uppers and they start mm-hmm. at a million. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it yeah. is really crazy. And so kind of as our, our wrapping up, we're going to start wrapping up, but we're just, I want to have like some last final words of what you really want to get across to our audience. If there's any advice that you have or um, I don't know. Just any advice that you have, anything that you wish we or you hope we know that you didn't know when you were, you know, starting your business or you were in school. Anything that you feel is important for us to know.
1: Yeah, I love this question. Um, I have a few things to say about this one. Love it. Um, first, first thing I'll say is, uh, if, if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, you're starting your own business. You're going to have to make a lot of decisions. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now that if it's not a heck yes, it's a hard no. Uh, anytime I have ever been on the fence about something and I've gone for it anyway, I have immediately regretted it. Your intuition is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Listen to it. Yeah. That would be like my first piece of advice. Um, my second piece of advice is you cannot do everything yourself you are one person you're not an expert in all the things relinquish your need for tightly gripped control you have got to farm some things out like and i see a lot of entrepreneurs and um sole proprietors do this where they don't want to let go of the control so they try to do everything themselves and they burn themselves out and they end up hating what they do because they're working on all these things they don't want to yeah so free yourself up to do the things you love to do and bring you joy, and why you started this company in the first place, and hire people to do the things that you can't. And if you don't have the money to hire someone full-time, hello, me, <laughs> I just farm it out to contractors. So contract work, it's the best. Yeah. Um, and then my final thing, which we touched on earlier, is self-care. Self-care is everything. You, you cannot help other people if you can't help yourself first um so find what works for you whether that means having a better night's sleep um if that means you know going for a walk in the morning if that means taking a a very intentional lunch break meditation um whatever you need to do to be your best self because when you put out good energy when you put out your best work it's it's going to come back to you
0: yeah Yeah. Thank you so much, Annette. I think that was some really great advice and the perfect way to end off today's episode. So thank you everyone for listening in. I hope you learned some amazing things about entrepreneurship and self-care today. Uh, Make sure to tune in to our next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye everyone.